the psychology of fitness, 10, 11, and 12. One minute intro. I recorded three episodes yesterday, scheduled them out. Now I'm going to try to record a few more or just one more actually right now. My ankle hurts. I went to Barry's with Amy a couple days ago. So we went twice in a row or not back to back two hours. We went on Saturday and then Sunday and I have barely run in the past few months. I think it was the second day where maybe, I, I don't know if it's my foot or my ankle. It doesn't feel like a twisted ankle or anything like that. It's just my foot sore. So yeah, worth mentioning, I guess. But going to get into this 10, 11, 12. The last episode, uh, psychology of fitness. I talked about freedom, man in the car paradox, and wealth is what you don't see. Today's episode. The next three are save money, number 10. Number 11, reasonable is greater than rational, better than rational. And number 12, surprise. So first, number 10, save money. The only factor you can control generates one of the only things that matters. How wonderful. That's from the psychology of money. And in it, in this chapter... Morgan Housel talks about the importance of saving money and that is the whole thing about what wealth is or yeah, it is that idea of he knows a lot of people in finance who spend beyond their means or like right at their means and they're not saving anything. And then it's the classic like rich dad, poor dad kind of thing. And then his parents who have been very good about living within their means as their income has increased over the decades. And by the end of it, of course, like they are able to save up a lot more compounds. And the idea there is you can spend less by desiring less and you can desire less if you care less about what other people think of you. So you can, in a way, get, get better results with different motivation if you are thinking that you want to, yeah, if you're thinking that you want to and I think for fitness, for workouts, it can be that you get better results with different motivation. If you're entirely motivated by the results, that can be difficult to stick with for the long haul versus I always bring up basketball, but it could be like any sport that you enjoy that is a good workout. That kind of motivation, like it's just fun to do on its own is probably like the best motivation that you can have for something with a workout. And then, yeah, the idea of desiring less, it not so much like w what you're eating. Yeah, it would be good to figure out a way to desire that junk food less so that you can create that gap of it's not what you, it, it does become a thing of, it's not really like the good foods that you eat that add up. It, that part is somewhat easy. It, it's mostly the avoiding the bad decisions throughout the day that add up really quickly. And one of the best ways to desire less is just to not have it in the house at all. That was one of my favorite things. I've, I guess like the reason that I think I could even like do this podcast about, I'm not a health expert. So it is like this curious novice approach where I've tried a bunch of different things over the last, say, 10 years, 20 years. 
So one thing that I did love with paleo was the whole idea of, hey, throw away everything in your kitchen and you're just going to have to start over with your next trip to the supermarket because it can be very difficult to desire less and much easier to simply not have the thing that you desire around. So it's the idea of changing your environment can be a lot easier and more immediate than changing your motivation, changing your desires, which is good over the long haul, but there are things you can do immediately with your environment. And then the next part here is let's, it's this question or it's this quote from the next thing that I have here is a quote from one of my favorite fitness books or probably just the fitness book title. It's by Chael Sonnen, the UFC fighter. It's called Four Pack Revolution. And that kind of captures this whole thing of it ties to both this idea of desiring less and then the next one about being reasonable. But here's the quote. A four pack is realistic for most of us. Not only will you look good, you'll feel good, which is something we can't say for those hungry six pack people. This frees you to enjoy other activities besides obsessing about your diet and body fat percentage. That's the end of the quote. And I like this because it can, you might do the whole like throw the baby out with the bathwater thing and think, I can't. I like this because it can be easy to take an all or nothing mindset and think, oh, I can't ever get a six pack. So that's it. I'm not going to work out at all. I'm not going to prioritize my health at all. Maybe that's a little extreme, but I think it is good to have something very achievable in mind and to, and so that leads to number 11. Reasonable is better than rational from the psychology of money. Aiming to be mostly reasonable works better than trying to be coldly rational. The idea here is that you are not a spreadsheet. So again, from the psychology of money, do not aim to be coldly rational when making financial decisions. Aim to just be pretty reasonable. Reasonable is more realistic and you have a better chance of sticking with it for the long run, which is what matters most when managing money. That's the end of the quote. And I forget what podcast this was, but it was someone talking about how in their early 20s, I think it was like they graduated, got like a finance job in New York. Yes, if they had saved all of their money, then that would be the coldly rational thing to do because you want compounding to work for you. They had something like, I forget what podcast it was or who it was, but it I think it was an interview with Morgan Housel with someone else, and that person was talking about how they had some Bitcoin early on, but they were also in their early 20s in New York, and the reasonable thing to do at the time was to sell it for a $1,000 profit and then use that to help pay rent and enjoy life in New York. That also might have been the rational thing. Maybe that's not a great example. Anyway, you are not a spreadsheet. The idea here is sometimes rational makes more sense if it makes you, sometimes rational makes more sense if it keeps you motivated and helps you sleep better at night. I think this is the thing behind the idea of, is it snowball loan payments where you try to pay off the 
smaller loans first, even if they don't quite make sense to on paper, just because having fewer in number is easier to, because it's less stressful just to have fewer total loans. And yeah, leading into the new year, you can start to think of pretty extreme plans that could kind of work on paper, but are simply too difficult to keep up for the long haul. It's nice to have a little sprint to kick things off when the motivation is high, the excitement is high around starting something new. But it can be a somewhat irrational plan if you're thinking like, I'm going to work out for two hours every day and eat completely healthy and then never have drinks when I'm out with friends and and this will happen overnight. Here's a quote I like from a book called The Little Black Book of Workout Motivation. This is by Michael Matthews. So he his most popular book is Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. And he has a bunch of different books. But this is one of his, I would guess, less popular ones, but it is great. Maybe I'm wrong about how popular it is, but has a lot just about motivation. And this is like a lot about the psychology of fitness. Anyway, so in the book, he says, make a proper meal plan, eat no fast food for a month, learn how to use portion control to your advantage, stop buying foods you tend to overeat, lift heavy weights a few times a week, do a few high-intensity interval cardio workouts per week, go for a long walk every morning. That's the end of the quote. And yeah, it is a pretty reasonable plan. Also, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger has a good plan. Actually, in a way, it is, it's definitely reasonable. The workouts are, I think it's like an hour a day, five days a week. So in a way, that's probably pushing it for beginners. And then he has a different book that is for beginners. But all of these things are reasonable. He's not asking for anything extreme, even an hour a day, five days a week. Many people can do that. There are probably people who can't quite make that work, but he also provides four-day plans and three-day plans. All right, number 12 from The Psychology of Money, surprise. History is the study of change, ironically used as a map of the future. That's the end of the quote. And this is one of my favorite points from the book, The Psychology of Money. It is this idea that we look back to history to decide on the future. We have that phrase, history repeats itself. I am excited to read different books about, particularly I read about like tech history and the early days of computing and recently about game development. But the point in the book, The Psychology of Money, here's the quote, things that have never happened before happen all the time. So history is mostly the study of surprising events. That's why it's memorable. And the further back you go, things that get recorded in history are the things that are the most surprising. And I mentioned this because so in the psychology of fitness, so in the fitness world, there is a reversal of this idea of surprise. And it's that the principles of fitness don't change that much. In finance, the world economy say like, functions very differently now than it did probably 200 years ago. There's probably some things that still stand. And then if you go back 500 years, a thousand years, and then 3000 years, say things become very different. But 
running and lifting in ancient Rome was still good for health in the same way that it would be good for health today. The thing that does change year to year, say like decade to decade, is the science behind different things. But a lot of times the outcome is the same. So this is another quote from Antifragile by Nassim Taleb. He says, the same holds for the statement, lifting weights increases your muscle mass. In the past, they used to say that weightlifting caused the micro tearing of muscles with subsequent healing and increase in size. Today, some people discuss hormonal signaling or genetic mechanisms. Tomorrow, they will discuss something else. But the effect has held forever and will continue to do so. That's the end of the quote. And this is the idea that maybe could be somewhat dangerous when you take it to extremes. But it is the idea that reasoning sometimes doesn't matter. Like, just close your eyes and do the thing if you know that the outcome is good. That lifting weights, even if we didn't know the science behind it and the outcome was that ultimately you're healthier in the long run. And the non-reversal, so I guess I started with the reversal, maybe I should have ended with that, but the the thing that happened that will actually be recorded in history 100 years from now will be the pandemic. And that definitely changed a lot of people's fitness habits. A lot of people discovered that you could get just as good a workout at home. Many discovered that they hated working out at home and really missed the gym. Other people found themselves working out outdoors a lot more than they had in the past. So it's useful to know that some surprising things will happen in the future. But the principles of movement and nutrition will stand the test of time. Okay, that's it for 10, 11, 12. Next week, I'll be back with 13, 14, and 15.